Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 2, Episode 17, Dalton, Jack of Spies. episode was February 23rd, 1987. It was directed by Bob Sweeney, and it was written by Carrie Linhart and John J. Sackmar, who we've talked about before. And uh, you can still find that interview over at uh, the MacGyver Project with Carrie um, uh, regarding the, the three or four episodes that they wrote together. Yeah, they're a team, right? Right, yeah. Um, so why don't we describe this uh, episode in brief? Uh, as the episode title would imply, Jack Dalton returns from the dead for this episode. Uh, being pursued by uh, bad CIA agents, and I say bad, uh, I say evil CIA agents, right? Um, who are they're not secrets. incompetent CIA. Agents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're very good at what they do, actually. Um, they are selling secrets to quote unquote the other side, right? Um, and Jack gets mixed up in it. Cool. And um, so, in a little bit uh, more detail, we we start basically with MacGyver going to Jack's funeral. Yeah. Um, and which. The last episode that we saw was, it was sort of implied at the end that he died. Mm-hmm. And then he decided by the end of that episode that it was all a prank and that Jack was probably fine. Right. The, the tricks have betrayed me, boyo. Yeah. Where, and I should I should go a little bit further in depth into my theories on that last episode. Because, so, it's, it's established pretty early on that he can't lie without twitching. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that he's dying and he doesn't, his eye doesn't twitch. Right. Implying that he actually is dying, and then I was like, "Well, why would they do that if he knew he wasn't dying?" Then, then the the charges made by this episode that he actually thought he was dying at the mm-hmm. time. But I feel like they actually covered it in the episode well because he always says, "I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying," and then at right. the end of the episode, this the woman says, or Mike says, "Are you actually dying?" And he said, "Oh, we're all dying. Some of us a little faster than others." Mm-hmm. And it's like, doesn't that explain away the whole thing that your eye wasn't yeah. twitching because? You were dying, you know. Yeah, you're the Sylvia Plath. Yeah, sort sense of the, way. Of the word, yeah. Uh, to borrow a from Fight Club. From Fight Club. Um, and it also makes him that reveal in the first episode that he's in also makes his sacrifice all the more important. Yeah, yeah. Because if he's going to die and he's sacrificing himself, it's like it's still a sacrifice, but but you know, what he didn't have much lo- much time left anyway. Yeah. But that line implies that he does still have stuff to live for, and now the sacrifice is. Yeah, and he told them he was dying to make them feel better about him sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so here um, we're we're showing up at his funeral, and it's kind of like the beginning of charade, basically. Um, only there's nobody here to see him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the The funeral is happening, and I'm surprised that Jack doesn't make any kind of a comment about, "Oh, where's Mike? Like nobody <laughs> nobody came to see me at my yeah. at my visitation." He he hired some some. Uh, well, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Right. We, we should start with MacGyver arriving and reminiscing about the only other episode that we have seen Jack yeah it's, we it starts out as kind of a clip show back to the one episode that they've shared yeah. which reminds me a lot of the the clerks animated series yeah that the second episode was a clip show back to the first episode right. <laughs> but the 
funny thing about that was that they didn't air them in the proper order. So, like, the first episode that aired was the fourth episode, yeah. and then the second episode was a clip show to an episode that never aired, <laughs> and then they canceled it. <laughs> they only aired two episodes, and they only produced six of them. Which is funny. It would be funny, I think, to have a clip show that air- that referenced clips from episodes that were never that hadn't aired yet. I wouldn't even mind a clip show that was a series premiere that yeah. was only only referring to clips from earlier in the same episode. <laughs> Like the first, like the first scene happens, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, remember when that happened?" And then it cuts to them remembering when it happened again, and it just gets weirder and weirder. It sounds like a too many cooks kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, too many cooks. But I think they 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 try to make it seem like it came from a whole bunch of episodes by telling the the sequences out of order. Right. Yeah. Like like because we have like one sequence where he's in a plane, one sequence where he's hanging from a rooftop and playing a joke, and then yeah. uh, you know it another sequence where they're uh, uh, being chased down a tarmac. So it's like, it, it seems like all these different things could be from different adventures that they've had. Yeah, but it's but, all from one. Which yeah. is weird, because conceivably these two have been on a bunch of adventures together. Exactly. It was a perfect opportunity to shoot random scenes mm-hmm. with no context. Exactly. You just bring like... They're just like in a cemetery shooting at zombies. Yeah, exactly. You just, <laughs> Whatever you, just, you want. Yeah, you, bring in, you bring in like five or six changes of clothes... So, so it seems like they're on different days. Yeah, and, and just, just like, go find a random set nearby that looks fun. Yeah, or or just like insert him into all the events that have already happened. Like yeah. he's hanging, he's hang gliding with the eagles, and or he's driving a car and MacGyver's on the hood trying to fix the brakes. <laughs> just <laughs> reuse all footage from MacGyver. Episodes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be so great because you can't see Bannister in the car when yeah. he's on it. So just like, have you fixed those brakes yet? And just like. <laughs> That actually would have been brilliant, but they don't do that. <laughs> no. Um, uh, instead, uh, Jack is just laying in a coffin in a uh, blue tuxedo. Right. <laughs> and um, as MacGyver's talking and starting to like convey some actual meaningful words, Jack's eye starts twitching. And then MacGyver gets up and and hushes everyone and and pushes everybody out the door because mm-hmm. um, he's like, I just need a moment alone with this guy. Yeah. Which would seem weird to me no matter what. Yeah. But Ugh. there's the, basically the people that are there are the two people that run the mortuary and two homeless people. Yeah. And uh, so he pushes everybody out the door and then he goes up to Jack and starts shouting at him until he opens his eyes and mm-hmm. admits what's going on. That he's in deep cover. He was about yeah. to be in six feet deeper cover if they just buried him. Yeah, and I really don't know what his plan was, like, if the CIA guys arrived. Because it doesn't seem like anybody else is in on this. Mm-hmm. And obviously the people who run the place would have buried the casket after the visitation, right? And, but, like, when the goons would have just walked up, seen that he's dead and left? Or would they have, like... Yeah, did MacGyver ruin this whole thing? Yeah, or or did he save his life? Because, like, if what if they... They would have just come in and put a bullet for safety's sake? And exactly, then, yeah. like, do, like... Referencing again the other Jack episode where they just blast a hole in the coffin, to yeah. be sure. Um, That's when the coffin breaks away into another jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> Every coffin in this show, I'm going to assume, is a jet ski. Um, so, yeah, Jack's alive, obviously. Right. And uh, telling Mac that he got mixed up in a situation he doesn't want MacGyver to get involved with. And, uh, you know, that he hired these mourners here to kind of make it look like it's a like a legitimate funeral. That no one would believe this was a legitimate funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but just then, that's when these two evil agents arrive, and see, obviously see Jack and MacGyver talking, and so Jack isn't dead. Yes. And nope. so they're they're forced to flee the scene. Right. And uh, they hop in on uh, Jack's motorcycle and sidecar. 
which he must have like had some idea that MacGyver was going to show up, mm-hmm. or else why would you have the sidecar? Well, I'm assuming that's where he puts his like parcels, since he's like a messenger surface. Right, right, right. Like he's no longer flying the plane because he crashed it. So yeah, it used a... to be fly by night, uh, now it's cargo. Jack, now Jack it's, be quick. Now it's Jack be quick delivery service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while they're making their getaway, there's a really great like shouting dialogue between MacGyver and Jack, of like. What do you mean? What's happening? Oh, the CIA! It's just like they they have to yell over uh, everything that's happening. Yeah, and I, I just thought it was fun. Like it's also funny that just like their last mission together, immediately they're being pursued by an actual like law enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last time it was like, oh, I thought I told you these are the people who took the botanist, yeah. the police, uh, botanists, botanists. I can see that. Yeah, I can see how that would happen. <laughs> um, so. Uh, the CIA obviously is, is on them pretty tight on this motorcycle, and they're heading towards an alleyway that is, has a dumpster and a van parked in the middle of it with only a small gap in between. Right. Uh, so MacGyver's telling Jack, go, go, you know, go for it, but he's like, we're, we're not going to fit. And he says, when I say now, hit your brakes and follow me through that gap. Yeah. And so he disconnects the sidecar from the motorcycle and then says, now! And so yeah. then... But, I also feel like, well, I guess this is a, a special sidecar because it actually has its own like, other wheel set of wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that it, it can ride on its own. But ordinarily, when you take a sidecar off a motorcycle, it's just going to tip to one side exactly, and skid to a stop. Exactly, because it's, it's supported by the motorcycle. Yeah. It also um, doesn't seem to run very smoothly because when he's rolling by himself through this tiny gap, it's like mm-hmm. shaking up and down pretty crazily. Yeah, it, and it's it, like, it, if that was connected to a motorcycle, that would be impossible to ride around like mm-hmm. that. Uh and uh, yeah, so MacGyver goes through first, and uh, it's it's a it's an oddly filmed shot. It looks like it's like sped up fast just... motion for MacGyver going through. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then so then Jack comes through on his motorcycle, but the CIA agents don't stop the car. Yeah, they still crash. Like I don't know what their what their plan was. Yeah, for that. they 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 just crash right into the truck that was blocking the, mm-hmm. the alleyway. And then they're like, oh, they got away. Even though they had to stop immediately after to reconnect the sidecar. Yeah. They could have they could have gotten out of the hood. Just ran out and grabbed him. Yeah. But they didn't. So uh, Jack takes MacGyver to his, uh, to his home, which is awesome. Yeah, this office is really, really cool. And it's played up like, oh, what a dingy, gross place mm-hmm. that you're in. And it's like, MacGyver, this is at least as cool as your loft. Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's like a... Like, is it an apartment building or an office building? I really can't tell. I, well, um, it, it looks like it is. A, like, in downtown LA, they have those things. So I'm sure it's just an office building. Okay. Because um, uh, the, there's a, a a maintenance elevator or cargo elevator out on the street level. Yeah, it comes out of the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, like the doors open up and an elevator car comes up and they just pull the motorcycle in and ride it down. Like, that is awesome. Yeah. Um, I would love that. Like, that is like... The, the kid in me is just totally in into it. Yeah, and they get down into this underground office space. It's really spacious down there. Mm-hmm. Like, spacious enough that he literally drives the motorcycle into his yeah. his place. Um, and then they, they get out and walk around, and and, uh, and he gets to basically fill MacGyver in a little bit on the story of what, mm-hmm. what exactly is going on. Yeah, he, he had been delivering messages... Uh, for these guys, not knowing that they were CIA, and also not knowing that they were bad guys delivering... Corrupt CIA. Yeah, they were gl- delivering top-secret documents, until an, another set of CIA agents uh, contacted him and said, we know what you're doing, but we want you to keep doing it, 
while we try to figure out who these guys are. Right. And the the two CIA agents that reached out to him were using cover names. And yeah. that was they were they were calling themselves Light and Shadow. Right. And so uh basically uh since no one else in the CIA knows what Jack's up to, his only hope is to go to one of those two. Right. To Light or Shadow in order to make contact and get some kind of further orders. And at the same time he um in this office is where he explains that he actually was diagnosed with something cancer, I guess. Well, the, yeah, he says he, he, he just says he has a spot on his X-ray yeah. and that he's dying. And uh, no, no second opinion, apparently. Yeah, and so he said the the in the last episode we saw him take off in a plane. He says, "I dumped the cop and the drugs, which we hear washed up on shore somewhere." Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, "I rode the plane until it ran out of gas." And then suddenly, like, this breeze suddenly lifted the plane and carried it far enough that he was able to put it down it's off the coast of, like, a jungle area. Yeah. And um, and that he wandered around in the jungle, and he felt better. Mm-hmm. And then he decided, well, you know what? I feel pretty good. I might as well get a second opinion. Goes to another doctor who tells him whatever was there isn't there now, yeah. if, it, if it even was before. He basically went to the island from Lost. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which you haven't seen. Which I haven't seen. So you don't know... About the things that the island can do. I think the audience is on my side of this. No one's no one's complaining that other people haven't seen Lost. I am. Okay. I'm complaining. <laughs> um, so they both decide that they have to go make contact with Light. Yeah. And the only time that Jack has ever met him is out by the reservoir. Yeah, just off the side of like a road, like mm-hmm. through in the Griffith Park Pass, which is like. Why would he still be there? Yeah. But let's go over there anyway and see what's up. And turns out he is there. Yeah, and he is dead. He's dead. He's being loaded into a hearse. I was going to say ambulance, but that's a little late for that. Mm-hmm. And um, there's other police and CIA agents on the scene yeah. who see MacGyver and Jack show up and immediately point them out as the killers. Mm-hmm. Like, w- without any kind of, like... I, I mean, this just this crime just happened. How would yeah. they know who killed him? Yeah. Right away. And also, I mean, we already understand at this point that there are corrupt agents involved. Mm-hmm. But if I were MacGyver and there's a bunch of cops around and they were like, hey, it's the killers, I might be like, no, no, no. We know this guy. Yeah. And we've met with him before. Like, we did, we weren't the killers. Like, we can prove that we weren't the killers. And there's no evidence that we are the killers. But instead, MacGyver says, we should run. Yeah. And so they get on the motorcycle and take off. And so then they're getting shot at as they leave. And it's like, oh, now you're evading arrest. Exactly. Now you look guilty. Yeah. This is this is the the first... This is Exhibit A in your trial. Um, and so as they make their getaway, the uh, police officer who said, hey, those are the killers, uh, has an aside with one of the original goons that was pursuing them from before. Yeah. And tells, them that, has, tells him to let Mr. Berenger know that everything's in control. Yeah. So, so we're kind of given the name of someone who's higher up, and and now we see that this, this extends to the police. Yeah. And so then this chase ensues where these two motorcycle cars come down the hill racing after their, um, Jack and Mac, mm-hmm. but they pull off the side of the road and into like a clearing with some trees, and the, the police cars obviously stay on the road and don't yeah. notice them. So uh, their next option is to make contact with Pete. Yeah. Like, if they can get someone from the Phoenix Foundation to corroborate or at least give, um, uh, what do they call that when you're a uh, character witness? Oh, okay. Character witness, maybe? Sure, yeah. Uh, 
there's a th- I can't I, I I don't I'm no lawyer, but right. <laughs> um, but uh, but Pete is out of the country inexplicably. Um, and he's getting uh, both of his legs replaced by a, a surgeon in Mexico because <laughs> the Phoenix Foundation insurance wouldn't cover it. <laughs> we have these two deaf children's you legs. You mean fixed? No, replaced. <laughs> he's getting leg transplants in Mexico. That's where you'd go. It's gonna run so fast now. <laughs> <laughs> so the there's another agent at the Phoenix Foundation, Brockman, who I guess is running things right now at the Phoenix Foundation. Oh, okay. Who, yeah. who sets up a meeting between the CAA and MacGyver? Yeah. So, and this meeting immediately goes bad because the people who meet them are the two guys who are after him. Yeah, the corrupt guys. So it's like, wait a minute. Well, then Did you not this... listen to our whole message? <laughs> yeah, I was like. Well, then who's this Brockman guy? Yeah. Like I would immediately, I would immediately suspect this Brockman of setting me up. Yeah. Um, and so since they're kind of like out in the middle of this, in, in the middle of nowhere at night, um, Mac and Jack start doing this really great stall routine, of it's like oh, it's just like the, the like a typical spy movie, like uh, Three Days of the Condor, and they just keep bantering back and forth about the plot of the movie. Yeah. And uh, which is buying MacGyver time to like. Uh, pull the clutch. Rip up the engine and yeah. pull the clutch. And... Yeah, he puts the clutch and puts it in gear. And then, uh, and, like, they, they just keep talking about the movie. And finally, the Agent Michaels is like, that's a really great review, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like maybe we should watch movies together, but it's time for me to kill you. Yeah. To, to Vaughn kill us. So he, yeah, he lets loose the motorcycle and it just. Crashes head on into the car. Yeah, this motorcycle like goes through a lot in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it hits the front of the car, and then they just kind of push it back, and then because one agent jumped away and then fell down a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> like he rolled tumbled down a hill. The other one dove out of the way and apparently threw his gun under the car like while doing do. it. So uh, they have plenty of time to get the motorcycle back and drive off again. So now they left with the third option of contacting Shadow. Yeah. Light's partner. Which, um, the last time that he made contact with Shadow, um, who is a female, we learn here, mm-hmm. um, it was in a, uh, in a library and she was dressed as a librarian. Yeah. And so then MacGyver says, oh, okay, so where do we meet this Shadow character? <laughs> and then they pull up to a strip club, or I'm going to call it a dance club because yeah. no one's stripping... And it's just very abstract dancing. Yeah, it's such strange. Like, like the one girl, you know, uh, like fires a cannon, and it's just throwing confetti into the crowd. Yeah. There's one girl that's dancing in a giant bird cage, mm-hmm. and then there's the girl that's just dancing up on the stage. And uh, and uh, you know, so they spot the other another messenger coming in because Jack figures that they'll still try to make the drop. Um, just using someone else, because he had been the one making the drops before. And he's just carrying, like, a movie prop of a package. Yeah. Like it's literally, like... A brown paper package. Yeah, it's wrapped string. in brown paper with, with string wrapped around it. And uh, and their code... Uh, luckily, uh, Jack was prepared with the code passphrase of, mm-hmm. do you have a package for me? And yeah. the guy says, yes, I have a package for you. And then he hands it to him and leaves. Yeah. And the guy was like, that's... Is that what spies do? That's really how spies mm-hmm. do things? Um... Um, and immediately, instead of the uh, messenger being there, the two CIA guys appear. 
like out of nowhere. They're just well, th- not quite yet because first shadow comes over. To oh, that's true. Him. That's true. Um, yeah, the, the the dancer on the stage with the cannon. Turns it turns out, out was shadow. Yeah. Um, so she comes over dressed very provocatively, but still not stripping. Yeah, and and one of the other some of the other dancers come out of the cages. And the one of them is like got like a Statue of Liberty esque kind of hat on. Yeah. And she just walks up to a guy and gives him like a like a this like all right gesture. Yeah. Like um the meme like the all right kid gesture. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like success kid. Yeah, it's like what is happening? <laughs> what is this club? And we, we we as we pan across the club, we do see like a bunch of weird looking very men. strange men here. And they're like they're like dancing to the music. And they have a fetish for women wearing clothing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Shadow introduces herself, and uh, and that's when the CIA goons are just, like, there all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that this was a, not a real drop. This was a setup drop to lure them all out. Yeah. And... So immediately they make a run across the stage to try mm-hmm. and get away. One but, of the other girls that came out of the birdcage yeah. um, has this, like, tiny piece of, like... It's like a, it's not a rope. It's, it's like, like a belt. A, yeah, it's maybe a belt or part of a whip or something. And she throws it over one of the CIA bad guys' heads, like she's giving him like a sexy dance. Mm-hmm. But he has no time for this because he's trying to catch up with them. So he shoves her away, and then just another guy in the club yeah. gets mad at him shoving a woman, and then a whole fight ensues. Yeah, and then Jack just goes, "Let's go." Yeah, and, <laughs> and then so... then these two corrupt agents um, chase them into the back room. Where, which is like Shadow's office, which looks like, like a nursery. There's yeah. like a dresser that's made out of like blocks with letters on mm-hmm. it, and uh, I'm assuming it's for the acts. That it they has do. to be, but it, but it looks like it's a dresser. Like yeah. I don't know why that would be there. And she has another one of those cartoon giant like, plastic cannons. cannons in the corner, and uh, and it's inexplicable. It's it's just a silly scene where light. Uh, sorry, Shadow and Jack are trying to unlock a door, and they spend like two minutes trying to unlock a door. Yeah, well, from got... the from the side that you should be able to unlock it right away. Exactly. They're arguing with each other. This whole scene makes no sense. Yeah. So they're in the office. MacGyver sees this giant cannon and goes, "I know how these cannons work now. I just saw a fire one on stage." Mm-hmm. He fills it with powder from. I'm assuming talcum powder. Yeah, something like that from from. That she had at her her like little makeup desk. Baking powder. And so yeah, baking powder. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, and so he just fills it. It's probably anthrax. He just fills this <laughs> cannon up and uh, points it at the door. And then the two corrupt CIA agents come yeah. in. He fires the cannon. And then while he's got them distracted in this cloud of, of anthrax, yeah. these two guys are choking. Jack and Shadow leave. Mm-hmm. And then MacGyver runs up to the bad guys, knocks the guns out of their hand, mm-hmm. and tackles one of them to the floor. So for no reason... Shadow and Jack decide, even though they're already in this alleyway outside, yeah. they're like, let's go back in. So they go back in, yeah. start a fight with the other guy, then MacGyver and one of the guys get locked. Or no, oh, the, they, they go out into the other hallway. Right, so they, they go outside of her office back into the strip club. Um, MacGyver gets locked out on the, mm-hmm. on the hallway side, so now both bad guys, without their guns, are inside fighting Jack and Shadow. Right. And then... Right as MacGyver is busting the door open to get back into the office, the two bad guys leave, leave. without their guns and without anyone. Mm-hmm. Or all they have is, like, the fake package, basically. Yeah. And and the goons don't seem to want to get caught by the police, but they've left their guns at the scene, which has their fingerprints on them. And evidently one shoe. Yeah, and one shoe. we see Jack, like, 
like a child just gripping yeah. around one of their legs. I, I, I almost think it would have been perfect had they had him bite the guy's <laughs> yeah. leg. It would have you been, just hear him shouting. That would have that would have been the, the Jack thing to do. Um, but because the only thing they left behind was a shoe, luckily it had the address of their boss <laughs> just as a sticker on the bottom of the shoe. Yeah, like, that was... this one, that's the dumbest clue so far yeah, in the whole the... show. And, and, and MacGyver's whole purpose for tackling them of they can prove our innocence, it's like, no, they are the ones who are trying to kill you. They're going to say that you resisted arrest. Yeah. They can't. How can they prove your innocence? Are you going to torture them? <laughs> what you, how are you going to get them to, to recant? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't happen. So instead they follow the, the shoe clue. The shoe clue. To uh, Behringer's import place. Export. Right, yeah. So, yeah. so this this is how you smuggle goods out of the country, through uh, a giant just warehouse full of crates. Right. And so they go out there, um, they have to sneak in, so they're climbing underneath a, uh, a big... Um, fence, yeah, a chain big link fence. A chain link fence that's, that's wrapped around the whole building. And um, so they're sneaking through basically pallet after pallet of enormous crates. Yeah, there's plenty and, of cover. Yeah. And they're they're watching as, basically what what has been uncovered so far. Right right now we move into the office and we see, Barringer at his desk, mm-hmm. and he's being presented with the actual package. Yes. Which is, um, a cipher. They call yeah, it a cipher a, machine. It's a cipher machine. So basically, it's a decoder that would work, on either end of transmitting a message, mm-hmm. uh, discreetly from one place to another. It's a pretty cool prop, which yeah. we're pretty sure they didn't make for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it had it's, to come from somewhere else. It's too elaborate, um, but it's cool. It is neat, and um, apparently we get we get a little bit of a sense of their business and how long it's been going on. Yeah. They they say, uh, Behringer says, well, with this device, they wouldn't need to pay you or me for information anymore and bear and and michael's agent michael says that's right so that's why we need to make this is like our big score this is their big score once they sell this they will have no other line of work anymore yeah um and uh outside of the warehouse macgyver has to try to sneak past uh just the kind of casual workers who are walking around yeah which doesn't really seem necessary yeah um like they don't seem to really care and they don't seem to be in on whatever's going on yeah, so basically he just climbs into one of the crates that they're loading crate after crate onto this shipping dock. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, we're seeing this uh, this car pulls up when this Asian investor gets out. Mm-hmm. That he's the buyer who's coming here to collect the package from right. them. And the actor who plays this Asian buyer is um, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who um, has a history of playing the main bad guys from fighting games because he was Hihachi in Tekken, uh, the Tekken movies that they did. And uh, he was Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat. And apparently Mortal he played Shang Tsung on the TV show, too, which um, I didn't actually see. But I, I seem to remember watching that on Netflix recently. It went on for a while. Yeah. They made a lot of Mortal Kombat stuff yeah. like after that first movie. So I was, I'm always surprised. That I remember I watched the first ten minutes of Annihilation, and I was like, oh, done. <laughs> like, they just got lookalikes for the entire cast of the first movie, mm. and the first scene is just, like, so badly comped and everything. It's like... Oh my god, this is terrible. I can't even yeah. watch any further. But, um, you know, it's probably time for another Mortal Kombat movie. It's been a while. Yeah. And uh, What's-Her-Name-Who-Played-Sonia was great. She did a good job in the first movie. You know, Billy Madison's girlfriend. And... Mm-hmm. So Mac's inside, and uh, they he, he overhears them uh, and the plan to hide the cipher machine inside this uh, crate with this statue. 
with the Remington Bronze. Mm-hmm. Who uh, I was unfamiliar with, but after looking up... Um, it uh, turns out he's not related to Remington Steel. Yeah. I thought that, that was, this was a joke. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a joke on Remington Steel, but I guess maybe that wasn't even around yet. Yeah. But um, I think Remington is the artist, and he did statues yeah. in bronze. Yeah, and uh, they're usually like very frontier-related... We actually uh, have two in in this room yeah. uh, that are of my my dad's. This uh, there's the cowboy one on the horse, mm-hmm. which is the one that they have in the show, and then there's one of Native American on a horse too. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, but they're 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 nice. They're collector's items. Yeah, and um, and it comes with a certificate of authenticity. Perfect. In this episode. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a completely legitimate sale, and when they ask why the box is so big for this statue that doesn't seem to fill it, uh, <laughs> for safety's sake. Yeah. It's padding? What's that beeping? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Uh, so, yeah, MacGyver lets in Shadow and Jack, but Jack decides to, to hang back in case uh, anyone else kind of tries to sneak in. Which it, no one would. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, you're the only one sneaking in. Everyone else works here. <laughs> also, if you stay outside, then you can't get back in because we had to open the door to From let the you guys inside, in. inside, yeah. Like, this is the whole point of, like, the theater maneuver, I call it. Is that you have to open the door for people to come in from outside? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't work the other way. But so Jack goes back outside, and uh, MacGyver and Shadow work their way closer and closer to this transaction. But I don't know why that's necessary, since they seem to already know what's being handed over. Mm-hmm. Like the only point would be to get caught. But he's showing her where, where the is box and... is, and he and he pulls out the machine. Yeah. And then suddenly, for the second time in this episode. The CIA agents, the corrupt ones, are standing right next to him. Yeah. And they don't realize yeah, it. Yeah, like, she, it, it's within her eyeline to see the office. Yeah. But they, like, the two guys show up, and it's like, oh, well, and the guy goes, look, MacGyver's going to smash the device. Yeah. And, and he says, and I wouldn't get, do that. we got people right behind you that'll shoot you if you do that. Yeah. And she's like, that's the oldest trick in the book. And then they turn around, oh, yeah, there's people over here, too. So MacGyver should have seen someone also. Yeah. And then Jack comes in for doing the old gun in the in the pocket trick. Right. And then another guy comes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they had time to completely surround this room. Yeah. While Mac and Shadow were talking loudly, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Um. And uh, so now all three of them are caught. Honestly, if this was my shipping department, I would have a henchman in one of those boxes at all times. Mm-hmm. Just in case someone was sneaking around in there. Just shoot them while they're wandering around in your factory. <laughs> they, they, they always like, come out completely sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> they have to ch- switch shifts every 12 hours. <laughs> um, Behringer then tells uh, the goons to dispose of the three of them. Right. And they, they take it literally by putting them into the back into of a, a disposal, garbage truck. Yeah. And it's it's a really cool. I really like this sequence because first of all, like they climb into an actual garbage truck, and then uh, I'm assuming like they have the stunt actors like wearing their similar legging leggy yeah, blows because yeah, yeah. the the guy like pulls the lever for the truck and has it like start lifting the stuff into the actual compartment, and you, you just hear them screaming and see their legs kind of like go up to not get crushed. Yeah. And then uh, we spend the time with them in just like this really cl- closed in space with pieces of wood and like shredded packing. paper yeah. and crates and things like that i'm i was hoping uh, and i still am hoping that this truck was on its way to a recycling center because it was all wood and paper yeah it's like come on right i mean this is but there's some organic material in there too yeah a little bit <laughs> three to be exact three organic materials and uh and so they start driving this this garbage truck with mm-hmm. all of them in it 
And they're about halfway to where they're going when one of them realizes, oh, there's a button here that'll smash everything in the back. Yeah, let's, we just, could just, let's just do that them. now. Why yeah. wait? And so he pushes the button to compress the garbage, and uh, so we see everything tightening up inside. Yeah, I just want insert of Casey Jones going, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that scene from uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Where he's in the back of the garbage truck and it starts compressing and he's getting squeezed. And then when they dump the trash out at the end, it's like a giant block of trash with Ernest's head sticking out of the top of it. <laughs> um, that's a good movie. Underrated. Check mm. it out. Ernest is one of my pitches for Cinemarathon. When it... Oh, that'd be a fun one, actually. Yeah, How many so. are there? There are many. I think there are like eight or nine. I, okay, so there's Ernest Scared Stupid, Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Goes to Jail, Ernest, Ernest Saves, saves Christmas. Christmas. Um, and then I think that, yeah, there's, like, a whole slew of other ones. Those, I think those are the only four I saw, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really want to do that one. That'd be fun. because um, I think they also did ones without Jim Varney. <sighs> that, yeah. That, that wouldn't be included, though, would it? I think they would Wait, be. so they had someone else play the Ernest character? I think they did. I'm not 100% on that. Um, That's but, terrible. Yeah. How, how awful would you feel to be that guy? Well, I mean, they, they had a, what, what what's his name, Clark. Uh, oh, Jay- fill in for the voice of the dog in yeah, the Toy like Story Jack, movies? Like, uh, Blake Clark replaced Jim Varney for the voice acting for the dog. I mean, he's a, he's a voice actor, like, and, and an actual actor. The guy, he's in a lot of Adam Sandler yeah. movies. Yeah, exactly. He's a, Yeah, he's in almost all of them. Uh, but that, voice little, acting is a little different. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, not like, it's not like all of a sudden they replaced Indiana Jones with uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Pratt, or whatever they're going to end up doing. Um, but anyway, off topic. Uh, so now they're trapped inside this garbage truck that's slowly compacting, a la Star Wars. And the first plan is obviously to try and find these pieces of wood in this garbage and mm-hmm. try and block the thing open yeah. so that it can't compress. And uh, this thing is supposed to be strong enough to break that, so yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> um, and. and the next plan I thought was because they keep panning up to this vent in mm-hmm. the top of the truck, which why would why would that be there? It seems weird. Yeah. But um, but there's like a vent, and I was like, oh, they're probably just going to try and squeeze through that vent to get out before the thing closes. Or at least one of them get out. Right. But then the next plan was to basically fashion a hook and reach through this crack in the back of the truck to pull a lever that would stop the compression from happening. Mm-hmm. But because there's two levers there... He hooks the wrong one, and yeah. he instead opens the back of the truck. Yeah, the entire of, back end. So now everything's being pushed out of the truck, and the truck is moving mm-hmm. at what they call 50 miles an hour, and I would call 15 or 20 miles an hour. <laughs> and, and still, I feel like they could have just, like, ridden in, like, a wrapped themselves in, like, a cardboard piece or something like that and tumbled out yeah. and been okay. Um, but I do like it better that they decide to jump and just and hang on to the, hang on to the door. The arm, yeah. Yeah, it's a much better visual, and it's like... it. it just seems like a really fun thing for stunt people to do. Yeah. And then uh, the two guys driving the truck notice that there's a bunch of garbage behind them. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, crap, we did this wrong. But since they jumped out onto this this uh, the arm and were able to hook onto it, mm-hmm. they used that leverage to climb up onto the top of the truck. So the bad guys come walking around on either side, yeah. expecting to catch them escaping from the truck because they're not among the garbage in the right, street. Right, right, right. And... Uh, and then immediately MacGyver drops on the guy on one side and Jack drops on the guy on the other side. Yeah. And, of course, MacGyver knew that Jack would screw up, so he's got the girl there to jump yeah, right after up. Jack. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jack and uh, Shadow scuffle with one while MacGyver takes care of the other. And 
you know, they, they knock him out. And then there's a really great line about it. It's like, oh, we made a mess here. He's like, yeah, I know right where we can put this mess back in the truck. My mess first. <laughs> and the yeah. guy was all, you always go first. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the relationship. Yeah. So presumably these two just get dropped back into the the dumpster, mm-hmm. right? But they wouldn't drive around with them like sitting in the back of it. So I'm sure they push the button to close it. And since these guys are unconscious, Whoops. they're not going to move out of the way. They probably yeah. just got smashed. Yeah, probably. Um, and um, then they drive the garbage truck back to... Yeah, they're, they're driving it all the way back to Behringer's, but now they're trying to get the attention of, like, the attention of the police. Right, so they intentionally blow a red light. Yeah, With like, MacGyver, like, jumping around on the roof of the car. Yeah, MacGyver's all, hey, that's a red light, and Jack goes, exactly! <laughs> <laughs> One of his trademark lines. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so they just get, like, a, like a, a small line of cops following them all the way back to the import-export, and, uh... The, like MacGyver jumps off the the truck to tackle one guy, uh, Jack runs after the other one while Shadow is flashing her CIA credentials to the cops to make sure that they don't shoot anybody. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it is L.A. Um, right. And uh, and uh, yeah, they just kind of easily they they capture the Asian buyer as well, which I think is kind of like he really didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean. Technically uh, speaking, yeah, he hasn't broken the law yet. He's the same as those East Germans they arrested with all that sauerkraut. It's like, yeah. he didn't really get what he was here for, and it's not illegal to purchase this stuff if someone's trying to sell it to you. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious what, what the what the factor of the law would be of buying, if you claim to be ignorant of buying stolen government goods, uh, and plus maybe having some kind of diplomatic immunity. We don't know who this guy is. He could yeah. be an ambassador. That's true. Who's, you know, it's just like the in Lethal Weapon, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, where it's, you know, the bad guys are diplomats, and that's why they, they can buy the stuff that they need and do yeah. all the evil stuff that they're doing. Um, and that actor also, uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, um, that we mentioned before, he also represents one of the, the uh, actors that appears in... Uh, big oh, the, trouble. The Venn diagram in Little China. Yeah, he was on the Venn diagram. So he's he is in Big Trouble in Little China and MacGyver. Um, so you'll have, have to post post repost the yeah we the, can the repost diagram. the Venn diagram we made for the Wish Child episode. Um, and I think there's still um, Al Leong will come come yeah, later. We yeah, we haven't seen him yet. Yeah, but uh, and and uh, Al Leong and um, uh, Carrie Hiroyuki both play bad guys um, predominantly in yeah, their careers. Yeah. And so both of them play um, Wing Kong uh, uh, villains in the in the first alley fight in Big Trouble in Little China, and that was actually uh, Carrie's first film. Mm. So um, that was his first appearance in anything. And this MacGyver episode is only his third appearance nice. um, in anything, at least according to his IMDb page. But uh, but yeah, he's definitely a very recognizable character. Mm-hmm. I always think I always go straight to Shang Tsung whenever I see him because I just yeah, yeah, yeah. hear him saying, "Your soul is mine." Uh, and uh, it's kind of pointless, but we get another, we get the little fifth act button. But it, it's really just a conversation between Mac and Jack that we've already had about Jack going straight. Yeah, they're riding the motorcycle around the park in downtown L.A. And uh, and MacGyver says, oh, wait, you took a wrong turn. I thought we were going to go back. And then he says, oh, yeah, but I got this one more delivery I got to <laughs> do. Um, I got to head down to the docks. There's a guy with a peg leg and, and a, a pirate. Or... <laughs> A peg leg and a parrot, and uh, and MacGyver starts freaking out, and then he's like, "I'm just kidding. I took a wrong turn." Essentially, yeah. he doesn't say he took a wrong turn. Yeah, but we can assume you didn't explain why we're going the wrong way. 
Um, and then they both kind of laugh it off, and that's that's where they leave yeah. it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was it was a nice little button, but I don't feel we it wasn't necessary. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think it's it's a, it was a better button when MacGyver says kind of makes you feel glad to be alive and like kind of like like put he has like a handful of garbage and starts rubbing it into Jack's hair. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's a much better ending. Yeah. But maybe they were I guess they were they were literally a minute and a half short. And it actually freeze frames on that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know why the this scene was included. Yeah. Um, but it was okay. You know, like you know, more MacGyver is always is always better. I like this episode. I, I really do. I like it too, and I and I you can tell that in addition to bringing Jack back, they thought it was important that they bring back a female character like the Mike Forrester character. Mm-hmm. Um, to balance out. To balance it out, and and to have someone sitting between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But she doesn't play a romantic interest at no, all no, no, in no, any no. in any way in this episode. And uh, yeah, she it's kind of it's kind of like having like two kids in the back fighting in the back seat. Yeah, you like just put one more person in between them. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah, in this episode we do get a, a Mac almost putting his hands around Jack's neck. Well, he does it in the coffin at least. Yeah, like you know, he was kind of gripping him by his lapels, but yeah, still yeah. like going for the throat. Yeah. And uh, and then you know Jack doing his exactly. I feel like. My only, the only issue I have with this episode is that the, the all the montage stuff from his first appearance. In the beginning. Like, show one clip of a previous adventure, mm-hmm. or mix it up with, like we were saying, new footage. But when you put three different scenes from an episode that we've already seen very recently. Yeah. Um, it just feels like, oh, you're, you're filling time here. This mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't just like, let me explain to you who these two are to each other. It's like, no, we know. It's only yeah. been a couple months since that episode was on. Yeah. So people who've been paying attention know who this is. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the last time that we're going to see Jack. But it has fun sets and stuff. The underground set that was uh, McGill's office, mm-hmm. and uh, and this strip slash dance club, yeah. and the the stuff in the in the garbage truck. It's all it's all really interesting sets that they clearly put a lot of effort into. And I think we'll see this underground set again for the Murdoch episode. Oh, okay, cool. I, I was think, hoping we would. I, I think. I, I remember that there's an incident where, in that episode, Murdoch places a bomb. That's under, in Partners or in a later episode? It, it's, it's the one where they're captured. Okay. Where Pete and Mac are captured. Oh, okay. And they discuss uh, their first encounter with Murdoch. Is yeah. that Partners? I don't know if it is. Um, it's possible, though. But We'll find out soon. We're yeah, coming we'll find up out on soon. We're going to hear ahead of ourselves. I'm talking about a whole other episode. But uh, I think we do see this underground place again. Yeah. It's, it's the very next episode. Okay. So the, the bomb talk will be relevant for next time yeah exactly um i think that's about it for this episode mm-hmm. um if you'd like to share your thoughts with us on this or future episodes you can find us on twitter at opening gambit on facebook.com slash phoenix foundation podcast and on our website phoenix foundation podcast.com tune in next week we're going to be covering season two episode 18 partners so we finally get to the last important major character yeah. from the series that we haven't really uh, discussed yet. Very so. important character. So stay tuned for that. It's gonna it's sure to be fantastic. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.